mission to inform, educate and inspire a million business owners to add a zero to their personal disposable income so that you can buy the home of your dreams, enjoy extensive exotic holidays with your family and fall back in love with your business by the lifestyle and freedom it now rewards you with. I'm Jay Allen, your host, and this is episode 15. So, you're a business owner dedicated to the significant and sustainable growth of both you and your business. Welcome to the Add a Zero podcast. In this episode, we shall discuss the seven things that are preventing you from progress. We'll identify what are they, why are they, and how to avoid or overcome them. It's all part of our mission to help you to significantly and sustainably scale both you and your business. Let's get started. Whilst I did have plans to talk about something completely different on this episode, it comes to light by the conversation I've had with not just one or two, but several of our Ada Zero business clients recently, that there's a necessity to be able to discuss this today. And therefore, if this podcast seems to resonate more with you than perhaps others have in the past, you'll know that the chances are that this has been recorded specifically for you today. You see, over the last two or three weeks, I've had several conversations now with business owners who are part of our either our Pathfinder or our Explorer Add a Zero programs and yet struggling. There's a multitude of different thoughts and ideas and suggestions and recommendations that we can make, all based on the information that we've got from our Add a Zero methodology. And yet, unless the business owner is completely and utterly dedicated to both them, their business and the mission in place, to be able to really drive the thing forward and to implement all that we've talked about. In actual fact, it's likely to not have the impact it could have if the person was fully engaged. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to point a finger here and say it's all your fault. I need to understand as to what causes failure. I've spent the last seven years looking at the cause of failure. So I want to understand as to what is it that prevents us from being able to do the things that we know will have an impact? Or what is it that's holding us back from, from fully engaging? There's a lovely expression, and forgive me, I can't recall as the person who first said it, but they said, you can't teach somebody the theory of how to ride a bike. You've got to give them a bike and let them fall off a few times to be able to understand the same thing about balance. You can't teach balance from a theory book. And the same again, I, I recall, you know, that when I was a young child learning how to swim, and you don't learn how to swim by watching other people swim, although that helps and supports us to understand that you can float or you sink and you've got to put your arms in the right places and remember to breathe every now and again. In actual fact, learning to swim comes from getting wet, getting in the pool, being able to move outside of the distance and the depth that you could stand and having that confidence to be able to go all in. So I've got a number of clients recently that have come back to me and said, Jay, I love what you've teached about the Add a Zero programme. You were talking about X last week and that's really, really important to me right now. There's just this resistance. There's just this 
uncertainty. There's this fear of being able to move from what I already know, this, this bubble of comfort zone that I'm already in, and moving into this unknown, the, the step out over the ledge to be able to find out as to what it is that's next. Being able to take a business to the next level determines that we have to push beyond the comfort zone. You seem to do it so easily, Jay. How is it that you're able to be able to take these leaps forward when, when I find it so difficult? Well, I guess one of the main reasons as to why um, I'm able to be able to apply um, the learning so quickly and so effectively into our own business comes from my background as a soldier. There were so many times within the military that we were in an environment that was so foreign, that was so dangerous and so impactful, that there were, there were so many different considerations that you had to make, that unless you fully committed, unless you said, you know, nothing else is more important, I've just simply got to fully commit to the here and the now and make this work, then in actual fact the chances are that, you know, that the risks were, were never higher on the front line in Bosnia and Kosovo than they are in, in a business. The simple fact is that no one's going to die as a direct result of me making an error in my business. Whereas as a combat medic on the front line in Bosnia with the infantry, there's a good chance that if I make an error, somebody's life is at stake, either my own or somebody else's. And therefore, if we can if we can establish as to what are the risks and have I already put myself in, in a bigger risk in the future and how do I overcome it? And therefore, I can rationalise that in actual fact, well, well, no one's going to die as a result of me not doing this properly or not having an impact. I can relate this back to something that I've done previously with a far, far higher risk um, to either myself or somebody else that in actual fact, I can now rationalise what it is that I'm going to do and the decisions I'm going to make and the commitment I'm going to be able to make to be able to drive that through because I've got something to compare it against. Now, you might argue, well, Jay, I haven't been in the army. I haven't been to Bosnia and Kosovo and I don't know how to be able to relate things to that. But you do. Because when you were about 16 or 17 or 18, maybe you were a late starter, but at some stage before now, there's a damn good chance that somebody gave you a piece of metal that you put into a little hole and turned and subsequently became the owner of a killing machine. I'm not talking about a tank. I'm talking about the car on your drive. And the first time you sat behind the wheel, it was a nerve-wracking experience. There was, there was lots that we needed to learn that were foreign to us, that we weren't quite sure of. And yet over a period of weeks, possibly months, maybe even a year or two, we learned to become so much more comfortable at being able to deliver what it is that we needed to deliver, to be conscious in the, in the moments as we turn that key and we own and take ownership of this potential killing machine that we're able to operate it safely and effectively in a whole variety of different environments from round town and driving past schools at finishing time and all the way through to motorway driving and perhaps driving at night or on ice or with fog or towing a trailer or we're able to put ourselves into so many different scenarios that we've perhaps never been in before but we commit we have the confidence we understand our capabilities we are observant of the environment we're in 
and we're able to be able to get through. And, and as we get through and it starts to work more effectively for us, we look back on this and say, well, well, I managed to drive to Devon last year. Perhaps I could go through the tunnel and we'll drive in France on the other side of the road. Wow. And all of a sudden, we're able to make these milestone steps that push us in the right direction. So today, I want to go through seven things that perhaps are causing you, preventing you from being able to fully commit to the process that we've agreed to in creating this significant and sustainable growth for you and your business. The seven reasons why you're not making progress and perhaps what you need to do to to push yourself back on again and, and to drive forward. Now, we all know that we should be setting goals. You've got to be able to outline them. It's probably best to be able to write them down. And, and certainly, I believe that once you've written them down, to be able to share that with some other people. Having a goal is the first key to being able to determine progress. There's two things that we've got to have in our business any time at all and it's a goal and a deadline we've got to be able to have a clear and defined goal of what it is that we're aiming to achieve and a deadline down to the hour if not the minute and the second as to when you've got to achieve it by now ironically what we found in both our own business and certainly the research tends to suggest it in many many others is that the majority of people overestimate as to what they can get achieved in a short amount of time. There's a good chance that you over-prioritise and overset the list of things that need to be done today. Your list of, oh, what are you going to get done today, is usually 8, 9, 10, 12, 15 things on the list. And then you get frustrated by tea time when it's not all ticked off. And yet, if, we, if I was to ask you as to what are you going to achieve this year or over the next 12 months, there's a good chance that you will underestimate as to what it is that you're capable of or what it is that you will actually achieve. So let's just quickly highlight that because that's really important to start off with. First of all, you will overestimate what you're capable of achieving in a short period of time and yet underestimate what you're capable of achieving in a longer length of time. So first of all, let's amend that and suggest to you that as a minimum, I want three things on today's list and three things on tomorrow's list and three things on the following day's list. Let's set a standard that says as a minimum, we will commit to achieving three things every single day. Now, I didn't say every day bar Saturday and Sunday. And I didn't say every day unless it's sunny outside and we want to go and knock off early and go for a walk. I didn't say every day unless it's a bank holiday or every day unless it's raining, in which case I can add up four or five others because I don't want to go out. I said a minimum of three things every single day. And now your commitment to that is once I've set three things for the day, I will not finish until those three things have been checked off. I will not finish for the day unless I've got three ticks in the boxes of things I set to be delivered today. 
I recall for some time now, uh, a number of years ago, we were displaying um, our wares, if you like. We were exhibiting uh, at a business conference and exhibition. And I had this leaflet, a little bifold leaflet. And I was offering to sell the leaflet to people drive, uh, walking past. It, it wasn't a, a free pick it up and walk away. I was offering to sell the secret elixir. On the front cover of the leaflet, it said, guaranteed to increase productivity within your business by a minimum of 20% or your money back. On the front of the leaflet, a guarantee to increase your productivity within your business by a minimum of 20% or your money back. Now just give that consideration for one minute. What would a 20% increase in productivity every single day look like in your business? What would that enable you to do? What would that be worth if you could buy something as a one-off investment that helps you to be able to deliver a minimum of 20% increase in productivity every single day. So I put this out to people who were walking past and saw the leaflet and the pamphlet and the poster. Oh, that's interesting. Can I have one of those? Yes, it's for sale. Oh, 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 oh right, right. Um, how much is it? Well, how much is it worth to you? Let's do a few quick sums. If I was to able to increase your productivity... Not only of you, but if you've got a team, of every single body else in the team, of every single person, if we could increase productivity across the board by a minimum of 20%, what would that do to the bottom line in your business in a month's time, in the next quarter, over the next 12 months? And when we did some calculations, a few of the people were, were rather conservative and suggested that the pamphlet might only be worth two or three hundred pound whereas a few other people start to realize the impact a 20 percent minimum increase in productivity could have to them and their business one person said well well that'd be an uplift of about fifteen thousand pounds and i went right i says well if i was to get my little atm machine and contactless payment what are you willing to pay me as a single investment if I guaranteed to increase the productivity by a minimum of 20% or your money back? Ooh, well, um, I'd, cert I'd certainly spend seven and a half, maybe eight. I might be able to raise £10,000 to be able to buy that because in actual fact, although it's an increase of 15000 over the first 12 months, if I implemented this continually, it's a 15000 minimum next year and the following year. and Well, £10,000. I went, great. I said, listen, I'm not going to take your money, but I wanted your commitment. I wanted you to understand the importance of this. Let's look at the two-step process. And we turned over the first page and on the front, on the next page, on page two, it simply said, write down a list of every single thing that has to happen today. Not all of the things that you'd like to get done because we, we've already established that you're going to over plan for a short period of time. But list all of the things that have to be done today. So we crafted a brief list of the things that would need to be done that day. 
And then you turned over the second page and it said step two. Don't finish until they're all done. Because I can guarantee you, if you create a list of the daily actions that have to be done today and you commit to not finishing until all of those actions are completed and you do this regimentally every single day, it will have at least a 20% impact on the uptake of you, your business, the commitments to it and the impact it has. Set yourself a goal and a deadline. These are the three actions I want to be able to achieve today and I will not finish until they are completed. Nevertheless, once you've got a goal and you've shared it with other people and start to inspire other people, it's now time to be able to get into the seven things that I really think are the key elements that are preventing you from being able to make some real, real progress. Let's look at this in a little bit more detail. Number one, you don't really care about the goal deeply enough. You've set this aspiration about what it is that you want to achieve, but it's an aspiration, it's not a certainty. It's something that you'd like to achieve as opposed to something that is an absolute essential, no holes barred, we are going to do it or else. There is no second chance. And for this, I'm reminded of the Gurkha Rifles, some of the most professional fighting forces in the world that I had the honour to be able to serve as a combat medic for a few short months in Bosnia in 97. The motto of the Gurkha Rifles, whilst I can't recite it in ancient Greek, translates through to better die a hero than live a coward. Their core motto, better die a hero than to live a coward. And for me, that said, when I say I'll be there, I'll be there. Come hell or high water, it doesn't matter what obstacles get put in the way, when I make a commitment, I will be there. Therefore, it's absolutely essential for your goals to be aligned with your values. So spend some time getting some real crystal clear understanding on your why, on what it is that you're trying to achieve and why it is so important to you. Start to tie every single action that you take to your vision and values, being able to identify as to what it is that you're trying to achieve and why it's so important to achieve it and understanding that for every action that you take, you've got to be able to easily clearly and quantify why you're doing what you're doing and how it has an impact on the visions and values. The more elaborate you are with regards to trying to quantify the action that you're taking, the more likelihood is that you're busy being busy, or as I call it, in the busyness of business, as opposed to understanding the impact that it's not having on the own eventual overall goals of the business. You've got to be able to have a clear defined goal that is so compelling that every single action on every single day is having a direct impact towards that goal. Number two, you don't truly believe that your goal is attainable with a reasonable level of effort. 
So here's the alternative that there's a good chance that you've set yourself a goal that is so, so big. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm all for big, fat, hairy, audacious goals. B-fags, as we call them in my true north. But if you don't truly believe the goal is attainable, if it's an aspiration as opposed to something that's an absolute must, then it's just posh words on a website to try and attract people and and show a mission statement. It's not a core value. You haven't emotionally engaged with the outcome that that brings to both you and the business and the community with whom you serve. If you want your goals to be engraved within the business so significantly, then we've got to be able to have something that you genuinely believe in, that you get up in the morning and leap out of bed excited about being able to contribute towards it. It's got to become part of who you are, your DNA. It can't afford to be, well, you know, I'm I'm the business owner, we've got this great mission that I'm trying to work on between 9 and 5 on Monday to Fridays, but I don't do it on Wednesday afternoon because I play polo. It isn't congruent. We've got to have something that we eat and leave, live and sleep and, and, and it becomes part of who we are. We are it and it is us. And for the period of time that we're committed to it, it is who we are. It is what we're about. It is, it is our core. If I was to cut through my leg and look at the colour of my blood, it would have zero running through my veins. Because I'm that determined to be able to hit our mission to support a million people. We've got to truly believe that the goal is attainable and that we have the capacity and capability of delivering it. Number three, the third reason why you're not truly making progress. You're not measuring your progress at a granular enough level to see the progress that you're already making. If you want to jump on the positive momentum train, You need to measure your progress in a way that shows that you're actually making some. There are some goals that I measure daily. Others that I measure monthly. But the real key is having a quantifiable measure of success. Usually, I'll either measure something on a daily basis, if it's something that I can implement and amend on a daily basis, or if necessary, I'll look towards the end of the month as a reflection and say, this is what I set myself to achieve this month and this is what I was able to achieve against it. I might use a percentage of completion to determine if it's a bigger goal and something that I'm working to over the period of a month um, as to how far towards it I am. I might break it down into bite-sized chunks that say, well, in actual fact, that that task, that project is going to take me about 90 days to complete. And therefore, I'm going to complete that. I can't set 90 days and say, well, I'm just committed to doing that one thing because I've got multiple things that I'm trying to manage. But if I understand that, well, if it's going to take me 90 days, I'm going to set perhaps 240 days to achieve it within and I'm going to commit a third of my time over the next 240 days to achieving those 90 days worth of work. Or if we break that down into segments, I could turn around and say, well, this is where I want to be within the first 90 days. And therefore, I need to commit a minimum of an hour and a half a day, seven days a week over the next 90 days in order to be able to get to this point by the time we do the first check in. 
and then I could put 33% complete, tick in a box, little pat on the back, maybe a little bit of rewards to say that I'm, I'm on target, and then I can break it down as to what's next. If you set it up right, you'll be able to clearly see which goals you're making progress on and which ones you've started to shy away from, finding out what's the elephant in the room that you, you're not willing to address. If you can go on and determine as to, I've set myself that I'm going to post on LinkedIn every single day, and then at the end of the week you look back and say, well, I only posted four times this week. We could look at the three days that we didn't post and determine as to, so what prevented me from doing it on this particular day? Like I say, if you set it up right, it makes it really easy to understand as to the things that you're warming towards and the things that you're shying away from and the things that are important to you and the things that you are not giving the relevant importance. But it's only when you are able to measure things at such a granular level as to understand as to what are you doing with your time that you can start to reallocating it accordingly. Now, number four ties in with what I've just said there. You're not rewarding yourself in the right way when you hit the milestones and you're achieving the things that you set out to achieve. I've never really liked the idea of giving yourself an unrelatable treat, an intrinsic reward for achieving a goal. However, ask yourself, why do you want to achieve the goal to begin with? I'd argue that if we want to achieve the goal because we believe we would feel better if we did, well, unless we've felt good about achieving something, that becomes a little bit more difficult. So if we can set a goal that says, if I'm on task, I will praise myself, I will, I will take a day out to be able to recognise what I've achieved because it'll give me the enthusiasm to get my head back down again and do something else, to continue to apply myself as we continue to move forward. And now, ironically, for those of you who know me and have met me of old, um, you'll notice that frequently at work, I will wear my Omega Seamaster watch. It's a real timepiece for me. It's something of real emotional as well as um, specific value. I recall almost to the day the day I went to buy that watch. Before I bought my Omega, I'd never spent more than maybe 70, 80. I might have spent 120 or 130 pound on a watch before. Something as a dress watch to be able to be seen in if you were out and about. However, I'd seen that the Omega were about to bring out the new Seamaster. It was a number of years ago now, and it was it was the watch of choice from James Bond. However, it was over a thousand pounds, and I, I I could never quantify, I could never justify at that time, at the time I was um, just coming out of salaried employment and about to move into starting and launching my own first business, and I could I couldn't quantify in my head as to how. So spending over well over a thousand pounds on a watch, I think it was about fourteen fifteen hundred pounds at the time, and this is a good fifteen twenty years ago now when fifteen hundred pounds was quite a lot of money um but I was just about to start out in business, I needed to be able to earn a salary, I needed to be able to cover all the costs of the business, and I'm now talking about spending thirteen fourteen fifteen hundred pounds on a timepiece. 
when the watch on my wrist that I probably spent £120-£130 on told the time well. So I set myself a goal. I need to achieve X by Y, and I know Y was 90 days time. I need to achieve X by Y, 90 days time, in order that I can reward myself by going and spending nearly £1,500 on a watch. And I worked my tail off for 90 days solid in order to see what I was capable of delivering and whether we could get to a milestone that would allow the business to be able to pay me sufficient income that I could quantify in my own head spending £1,400-£1,500 on a watch. And when we smashed the goal uh, and I went in not only did I buy the watch, but I bought a cleaning kit with it, a, a maintenance pack with it, um, a lifetime guarantee. I bought the um, lifetime battery replacement with it. They sold all of the added extras that went with it. And I bought all of it on the basis that I'd smashed the target. So rewarding yourself in the right way to be able to recognise that there are milestones of achievement achievement that we need to be able to hit and breaking a big goal down into bite-sized bits and establishing, well, if I've, if I've achieved this by then, then I'm able to be able to give myself a little bit of reward because the reward will then give me enthusiasm to continue, get my head back down again and work towards a bigger goal. So understanding that measuring goals is important because it's a motivator in helping us to understand how close we are to achieving a milestone and then rewarding ourselves or acknowledging ourselves. It doesn't have to be a watch. It could simply be a case of I'm going to take the afternoon off. I'm going to go and watch the go to the pictures and watch something or walk along the beach or go out for a meal or take a day off or read a book or go to the gym in work time or whatever. But giving yourself some form of reward that says this is as a direct result of the actions that I've taken to get me to Y or Z gives us the further motivation and the encouragement to go back and continue that behaviour. Giving yourself permissions to relieve the guilt of being able to treat yourself and reward yourself Spend some time basking in those good feelings enables us and encourages us to be able to get our head back down again. Number uh, five, you're not spending enough time planning your days for success. You know that saying, fail to plan and plan to fail? Well, there are so many business owners that are so caught up in the busyness of business that they haven't understood the importance of planning what it is that we're going to do. I can't tell you as to how much more we get in business by only offering commercial work four days a week. Now, you might argue, hang on a minute, you could be trading seven days a week with the amount of staff. You could have a shift system. You could do earlys, mornings and lates. You could do 24-7. And the simple fact is, if we haven't allowed enough times to plan what we're doing effectively, to establish how does this contribute towards the goal and the aspirations to be able to support a million business owners, then in actual fact, very quickly, you'll become a busy fool. 
So taking time out, regular time out, to strategize about what it is that you're doing, to be able to look at the measurements that you're already taking is to say, is the amount of time and effort that we're putting into X validated by the results that we're getting? Are we getting what we expect to get or what we projected to get? What do we need to do more of or less of? How do we allocate more time or resource or money to that activity in order to ensure that we're on track? So planning. We take a day a week out to be able to plan and then two days out a quarter to be able to revise and review and determine as to what's next, to look at the milestones and the, and the bigger stuff. But taking some designated, diarised, blocked out time to be able to understand the importance of planning. So when we get into the day-to-day -day stuff, we've got a structure that we're simply following as opposed to being reactive is key to being able to stay on track and not be impacted by shiny object syndrome. Number six, not spending time reviewing your days to identify setbacks. I can't tell you as to how important it is to reflect. And one of the biggest things that we implemented last year and again this year is daily journaling. Being able to look back at the end of the day and establish as to what went well and what didn't quite go as well? What did we plan for and expect and were able to react to? And what were the unknown unknowns? Critically important to achieving your goals is understanding on a daily basis why you aren't progressing towards them. Once you've got your small individual goals identified and you've got a daily plan, as we talked about in step five, you're ready to start seeing if you can stick to it. And if you can't, ask yourself why? Then you can assess what you can do to remove any of the obstacles or interruptions. Was it that you were too tired? Do you need to be able to go to bed earlier, to be able to get up earlier? Is it that social media is still impacting you on a day-to-day, week-to-week, hour-to-hour basis? And that continual pop-up and notifications is taking you away from the task in hand? Does somebody ought to be answering your phone for you? and taking messages that you're only available between 12 and 1 and after 5 o'clock so you can concentrate for designated hours at a time on the business as opposed to continually being at the beck and call of other people. What are the things that are offsetting you from achieving the things that you set out to achieve? So again, when you create your daily tasks, allocate a time to each of the tasks. Estimate as to how long it's going to take to reply to your daily emails. And then measure the time against the daily emails to establish, have you allocated sufficient time? Have you overrun? Did you have some time spare? And if you did, what did you do with that? It's only when we get really, really granular that we can understand as to where the impact is actually happening and where it's being mislaid. And finally, you're not allowing your goals to be so dynamic that you're inspired by them and other people are inspired by them also. We've got to have some form of accountability as business owners that we share what it is that we're trying to achieve and we have, we have either an accountability buddy or a coach or a mentor or a support group or a peer-to-peer -peer group or someone that says, are you still on track? And if not, why not? You've got to determine as to what it is that you set out to achieve because I can assure you with absolute certainty 
as a business owner without accountability, the only person that can hold you currently to account is yourself. And I know full well. I know full well from my own experience and that of so many other people that when the push becomes a shove, when it becomes hard and difficult and challenging, we will not step up to the mark to the level that we are capable of. We will step back from the line. We will step back from the line. We will not overstep. We will not over push. We will not push through the pain barrier to be able to achieve the goals that we set out to achieve. We've got to have some form of accountability outside the business, outside the emotional connection with the activity to be able to keep our feet to the fire and drive us forward in order to be able to achieve what it is that we set out to achieve. Now, you might argue it's okay. I've got my my partners to do that or my mum or my dad or my brother. And the simple fact is they're also the ones that will let you off the hook. They will understand that, say, do you know what? You've been, you've been working for 16 hours solid. You've got to come. It's two o'clock in the morning. When are you going to put the laptop lid down? As opposed to them saying, but you've only still ticked off two of those three things that you said you were going to get achieved today. Grab yourself a coffee, burn the midnight oil, get that third thing completed. Because you've made a commitment to you that in order to achieve what it is that you set out to achieve, these are the things that have to be done today. And there you have it. The seven most popular reasons as to why people aren't making the progress that they want to be able to achieve in order to be able to achieve a greater, bigger, fat, hairy, audacious goal. Sincerely hope that helps. I'd really look forward to hearing your feedback and your thoughts and how this impacts you in your business. Simply drop an email to podcast at mytruenorth.biz. I read every single one and I always respond. Thanks very much. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. And I look forward to sharing some more about how to add a zero in a fortnight's time. See you soon. That's all for this episode. As always, we really thank you for listening and welcome your comments, thoughts, and suggestions. So please do drop us a line by emailing podcast at mytruenorth.biz. And don't forget, if you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening to this through and tell your colleagues and business network all about who we are. You've been listening to the Add a Zero podcast presented by Jay Allen, brought to you in association with My True North, the UK's leading ethical coaching company. 